Welcome to Word from the Mountaintop, a weekly inspirational podcast brought to you from the Mountain Luther Parish. Today's Word of the Lord will be shared by Pastor Jason or Pastor Jess Felici. Hello, and welcome to our Ash Wednesday service at a time of solemn reflection, a time to gather and repent and to prepare our hearts for this next season of the church year, the season of Lent. For this service today, we're going to invite you, um, before you settle in, to find a small container that you can put just the tiniest little bit of water in. We have all gathered um, for this kind of re-envisioned ritual for us, this right for us to participate in, in this service. And we want to make sure that you are invited to participate with us when we get there. All right, let's take a moment to quiet our hearts, to listen for the Holy Spirit to draw close as we gather for worship. Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God, the keeper of the covenant, the source of steadfast love, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty and ever-living God, you hate nothing that you have made. You forgive the sins of all who are penitent. Create in us new and honest hearts so that truly repenting of our sins, we may receive from you, the God of all mercy, full of pardon and forgiveness through your son, Jesus Christ, our savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our first reading today comes from the book of Joel, the second chapter. Blow the trumpet in Zion, sound the alarm on my holy mountain, let all the inhabitants from the land tremble, for the day of the Lord is coming. It is near, a day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds and thick darkness, like blackness spread upon the mountains, a great and powerful army comes, their like has never been from of old, nor will it be again after them in ages to come. Yet even now, says the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. Rend your hearts and not your clothing. Return to the Lord your God, for the Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and relents from punishing. Who knows whether the Lord will not return and relent and leave behind a blessing, a grain offering and a drink offering for the Lord your God. Blow the trumpet in Zion, sanctify a fast, call a solemn assembly together to gather the people, sanctify the congregation, assemble the aged, gather the children, even infants at the breast. Let the bridegroom leave his room and the bride her canopy. Between the vestibule and the altar, let the priests, the ministers of the Lord, weep. Let them say, spare your people, O Lord, and do not make your heritage a mockery, a byword among the nations. Why should it be said among the peoples? 
Where is their God? Here ends the first reading. The psalm is Psalm 51, verses 1 to 17. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love. In your great compassion, blot out my offenses. Wash me through and through from my wickedness, and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my offenses, and my sin is ever before me. Against you only have I sinned, and done what is evil in your sight. So you are justified when you speak and write in your judgment. Indeed, I was born in wickedness, a sinner from my mother's womb. Indeed, you delight in truth deep within me and would have me know wisdom deep within. Remove my sins with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be purer than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness that the body you have broken may rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my wickedness. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and sustain me with your bountiful spirit. Let me teach your ways to offenders and sinners shall be restored to you. Rescue me from bloodshed O God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing of your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall proclaim your praise. For you take no delight in sacrifice, or I would give it. You are not pleased with burnt offering. The sacrifice of God is a troubled spirit, a troubled and broken heart, O God, you will not despise. The second reading is from 2 Corinthians chapters 5 and 6. We entreat you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, God made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. As we work together with God, we urge you also not to accept the grace of God in vain. For God says, at an acceptable time, I have listened to you. And on a day of salvation, I have helped you. See, now is the acceptable time. See, now is the day of salvation. We are putting no obstacles in anyone's way, so that no fault may be found with our ministry. But as servants of God, we have commended ourselves in every way, through great endurance, in afflictions, hardships, calamities, beatings, imprisonments, riots, labors, sleepless nights, hunger, by purity, knowledge, patience, kindness, holiness of spirit, genuine love, truthful speech, and the power of God. With the weapons of righteousness for the right hand and for the left, in honor and dishonor, in ill repute and good repute. We are treated as impostors and yet are true, as unknown and yet are well known, as dying and see we are alive as punished and yet not killed, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making many rich, as having nothing and yet possessing everything. Here ends the second reading. Our gospel today is from Matthew, the sixth chapter. 
Jesus said to the disciples, beware of practicing your piety before others in order to be seen by them. For then you have no reward from your father in heaven. So whenever you give alms, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets so that they may be praised by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But when you give alms, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your alms may be done in secret, and your Father, who sees in secret, will reward you. And whenever you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, so that they may be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But whenever you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. And whenever you fast, do not look dismal like the hypocrites for they disfigure their faces so as to show others that they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face, so that your fasting may be seen not by others, but by your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust consume, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust consumes, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. Gospel of our Lord. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. One year. One year ago, we were told to shut everything down. I can remember standing around in the kitchen in the basement of Walnut Street United Methodist Church after one of our early Lenten luncheons with members of our parish, nervously joking around about this unknown virus everyone was talking about. That conversation would be the last time that Pastor Jason or I stood in close proximity to a group of beloved people in the last year of our lives. It was as though we lived the words of the prophet Joel, when he says, let all the inhabitants of the land tremble for the day of the Lord is coming near, a day of darkness and of gloom. And now as Lent circles back around to us, I find that we're all kinds of caught staring into the abyss. We look back on the whiplash of a year we've just had and we look forward to the unknowns that lie ahead. We look back with grief and with shock at what's taken place and we look forward with a defiant hope that still feels tangled with the threat of anxiety. Lent is an important part of the rhythm of life for faithful Christians. 
It's a sacred time of resetting and refocusing our lives. The intention of Lent is to purposefully step back from our chaos, to weed out our distractions, all of those tiny idols that demand our attention and pull us from seeing God's holy presence in our ordinary lives. Lent is a time of repentance, of turning from our broken ways and returning to God. Ash Wednesday is a day where we hear again of our humanity, the promise that none of us gets out of life alive. Now, this is usually a thing that is good to be reminded of, that we are dust, made from the earth, and to back to dust we shall go. A reminder that can stop us cool in our tracks. A reminder that makes us think about the ways in which we live and encounter other people. But one year ago, when we were told to shut everything down, the words of the prophet Joel loomed awfully close to us. A day of clouds and thick darkness, like blackness spread upon the mountains, a great and powerful army comes. Their like has never been from old, nor will be again after them in ages to come. One year ago, we all became keenly aware of our humanity, didn't we? We watched as toilet paper, hand sanitizer flew off the shelves, as Lysol became a precious commodity, as people wiped their groceries and pumped their gas with gloves on their hands. We became experts at keeping our distance from others. And most of us even have developed preferences for which mask we like to wear. And though we have a great number of folks who have managed to get at least their first shot, if not also their second, we are still in a holding pattern of masking and distancing and living cautiously for the sake of the vulnerable among us. We are meeting from a distance today and not in our buildings where the ministers will press their fingers into the carefully prepared ashes from last year's palms. We are not getting to gather as ministers smudge these ashes across everyone's foreheads, reminding all of us once more that we are but earth and from earth we shall return. That smudged cross that usually marks our foreheads, it serves as an outward visible sign of our humanity, our frailty. But there will not be any ashen crosses this year. Although we do find ourselves wearing an outward and visible sign of our humanity every time we leave our houses these days in the form of a mask, we have lived what feels like the equivalent of a year-long season of Lent. There has been very little rejoicing. There's been little celebration. We've held lament upon lament. We have donned our humanity and the looming threat of illness and death right on our faces. And still for many of us, it can feel as though God is far off as though we have drawn no closer to God's holy presence in our lives. Instead, lamenting 
how lonely this year has been, how tired we are of all of this, how hard the never-ending cycle has felt. So as we embark on another Lenten season this year, after a year of trials and tribulations and dust, I want us to hear these words from the prophet Joel, which mark the beginning of this season of Lent year after year with new ears. Yet even now, says the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping and with mourning. Rend your hearts and not your clothing. Return to the Lord your God, for God is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and relents from punishing. God has never left us. God has never been far from us. God has met us in our homes over Zoom and teleconferences as we have gathered for Bible study. God has met us in worship services held online, in parking lots and over the phone. God has come to us again and again and again, abounding in steadfast love. I lament that this year we do not get to look into your eyes and tell you that you are dust and to dust you shall return. But the truth is you're so very aware of that already. So instead, I invite you to hear these words. You are gods and to God you shall return. Let us begin this season by turning to the one who is always turning first to us. Let us return to God with all our hearts, drawing deep from the well of God's compassion for us and for all that God has created. In a year where we have been so deeply divided, by distances and walls and politics. Let us be rooted in the promise that our God is gracious and merciful, that our God is slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, that our God relents from punishing. One year ago, we were standing on the cusp of what we could not see, we have felt our way blindly through the woods of this pandemic. But as we gather today, covered in the dust of our humanity and our trials, we are parched and ready to hear the good news that God comes to us. Our reading from Joel ends with these words. Why should it be said among the peoples, where is their God? We have just led the most visible year of ministry in the history of this parish. 
we have managed to proclaim good news over very loud speakers in our parking lots, over the internet, over FM transmitters and telephones. And as this pandemic begins to wind down, as we enter a new season of refocusing and repenting, let us not shake off this dust that we have inherited this year. Instead, let us carry it with us. The promise that we are dust, we come from the same clay which God first formed humanity. And back to God we shall go. There is nothing for us to fear as we are deeply rooted in God's unwavering grace. Let these next 40 days become a freeing exercise in returning, in watching for God's love, and then pointing others to see it too. Let no one ask, where is their God? Because we know that our God has always been right here. Amen. Our hymn of the day is Just As I Am Without One Plea. Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, and that thou bidst me come to thee, O Lamb of God, I come, I come, just as I am, though tossed about with many a conflict, many a doubt, fightings and fears within, without, O Lamb of God, I come, I come, just as I am, thou wilt receive, wilt pardon, welcome, cleanse, relieve, because thy promise I believe, O Lamb of God, I come, I come, just as I am thy love unknown, has broken every Now to be thine, yea, thine alone, O Lamb of God, I come, I come. 
Now let us confess our sins together on this Ash Wednesday. Most holy and merciful God, we confess to you and to one another and before the whole company of heaven that we have sinned by our fault, by our own fault, by our own most grievous fault, in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart and mind and strength. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We have not forgiven others as we have been forgiven. Have mercy on us, O God. We have shut our ears to your call to serve as Christ served us. We have not been true to the mind of Christ. We have grieved your Holy Spirit. Have mercy on us, O God. Our past unfaithfulness, the pride, envy, hypocrisy, and apathy that have infected our lives, we confess to you. Have mercy on us, O God. Our self-indulgent appetites and ways, and our exploitation of other people, we confess to you. Have mercy on us, O God. Our negligence in prayer and worship, and our failure to share the faith that is in us, we confess to you. Have mercy on us, O God. Our neglect of human need and suffering, and our indifference to injustice and cruelty, we confess to you. Have mercy on us, O God. Our false judgments, our uncharitable thoughts toward our neighbors, and our prejudice and contempt toward those who differ from us, we confess to you. Have mercy on us, O God. Our waste and pollution of your creation and our lack of concern for those who come after us, we confess to you. Have mercy on us, O God. Restore us, O God, and let your anger depart from us. Hear us, O God, for your mercy is great. At this time, I invite you to take your container of water. If you are in the same room as someone else, you are invited to take that water and to press your thumb into the water and then make the sign of the cross on that other person's forehead. But if you are gathered with us in worship alone, this is something that you may do for yourself. I invite you to wet your thumb and make the sign of the cross on your own forehead or on the forehead of someone that you are with. Remember that you were buried with Christ in baptism. Repent and believe in the gospel. Let us pray. Accomplish in us, O God, the work of your salvation, that we may show forth your glory in the world. By the cross and passion of your Son, our Savior, bring us with all your saints to the joy of his resurrection. Amen. On this Ash Wednesday, we pray for the church and for all in need. Let these bids encourage our spoken or silent prayers. 
Let us pray for the church throughout the world. Let us pray for our congregation and parish. Let us pray for everyone who is preparing for baptism at Easter. Let us pray for the health of plants and animals. Let us pray for all who care for the earth. Let us pray for peace throughout the world. Let us pray for an increase of justice in our land. Let us pray for a spirit of concord throughout our society. Let us pray for the hungry, the homeless, the unemployed. Let us pray for the end of this pandemic. Let us pray for all who are sick or suffering. Let us pray for all who will die today. Let us pray for the desires of our hearts. Let us thank God for all who have gone before us in the faith. Into your hands, merciful God, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. We will now sing softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling. Softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling, calling for you and for me. See on the portals, he's waiting and watching watching for you and for me. Come home, come home. You who are weary, come home. Earnestly, tenderly, Jesus is calling calling all sinner come home why should we tarry when jesus is pleading pleading for you and for me why should we linger and heed not his mercies Mercies for you and for me. Come home, come home. You who are weary, come home. Earnestly, tenderly, Jesus is calling. 
calling all sinners, come home. Oh, for the wonderful love he has promised, promised for you and for me. Though we have sinned, he has mercy and pardon, pardon for you and for me. Come home, come home, you who are weary, come home, earnestly, tenderly, Jesus is calling, calling, oh sinner, come home. Let us pray. Merciful God, accompany our journey through these 40 days. Renew us in the gift of baptism that we may provide for those who are poor. Pray for those in need, fast from self-indulgence and above all, that we may find our treasure in the life of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Let us pray as our Lord Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. May Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Bless us now and forever. Amen. Go in peace. Share the good news. Thanks be to God. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. And for further messages from our clergy, feel free to visit wordfromthemountaintop.org.